You're oh. balding, bro. I was balding, bro. Today's sponsor is Keeps. Uh, so if you uh, <laughs> losing your hair, <laughs> yo, not the Keeps sponsor. Like I get so many of those balding uh, ads. I'm. It makes me like it's gaslighting me. Like, am I balding? If you don't stand with anime, we don't want you to listen. Okay, cool. We're live. Yo, what's up, guys? This is Nate and Miguel. Hey, Miguel here. <laughs> okay, so um, this is like our pilot episode. We're gonna be calling this the transition. So um, basically, we want to use this as like a test run. We're thinking of a name tentatively as called Mind My Business, right? Mind My Business. Yeah. And ideally, we just kind of want to talk about how we're both in this like in-between stage of life where we were both in the corporate world and we were really hardcore in that world. And now we're kind of transitioning into more of like passion projects. Um, Miguel is coaching and I also was coaching for a little bit. and. Now I'm turning into like complete content creation and we just thought this would be a cool chance for us to like talk with each other and hang out since we live on opposite sides of the globe. And also like we have some really cool friends that we figured we could use as a platform to get to know more, to get to know more about them. Yeah. So um, initially this was something that Nate and I wanted to uh, as a means to stay in touch. So to give anyone listening that doesn't have full context, Nate recently moved to Taiwan. Pause and applaud for uh, finally signing an apartment. So Ooh. making big moves. Um, yeah. Finally moving but, out of Ariel's parents' place. <laughs> this is 30, almost. So um, Don't say that. Ulti- <laughs> ultimately, we were talking about, hey, what's a good way for us to stay in touch? Because we're so used to just getting lunch with each other here and there. And this is a way for us to stay in touch. I mean, it's a 12-hour difference. So 9.30 a.m. in the morning for me, 9.30 p.m. in the evening for you. Um, but I'm on that 24-hour we clock, actually. So it's 21.26. Oh, you're so much better than us uh, in, in America. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we said that this is our, our means of staying in touch and uh, to have some kind of consistent theme here. One thing we recognize we're both going through is Nate was on that corporate grind. And when he moved to Taiwan, that is completely out the window. Um, and he is not doing that job at all. Um, for me, on the other hand, I, I, I've been with the same company for 10 years. I've been on that corporate grind, um, but I'm kind of working on establishing side hustle i don't like calling it that because i'm rolling my eyes for anyone that's cringe yeah i don't like calling it that but at the end of the day it's supplementing my corporate job and so there's a little bit of a difference here but at the same time both of us are transitioning from being a gear in the in the corporate machine into finding our own way to stay fulfilled in our job and yeah so um, I guess first we could just talk about like our journey and how we got where we are now, like not just speaking location wise, but just like where we are in our corporate lives. I think just to, like kind of preface it, I feel like I had a more sudden shift where for the past like five or six or actually seven years, I was like really all in on actually maybe before COVID, I was really all in on the corporate climb. But Miguel, I feel like has always been kind of like had a pretty good balance of things and maybe more so now he's shifting it into more of the coaching aspect also uh sponsored yeah, by buzz balls sorry i'm drinking a buzz ball it's it's late at night <laughs> I, need, I texted miguel Use- yeah buzz balls i think the i think on our other podcast when we had miguel on we also were sponsored by buzz balls yeah yeah sponsored by buzz balls use code megan nate um to save 20 percent off uh, all proceeds go to our alcoholism <laughs> <laughs> Don't be surprised um, if that code so, doesn't work. <laughs> so um, I would say this for both of us, we've talked about this before, but this all started before our careers, like the career grind, the corporate grind kind of started even when we were in school. Um, so for me, when I was in college or even picking a major and picking a college, um, it was never really something that I was pursuing for myself just someone else telling me, hey, you're good at math and science. We're going to nudge you in the direction of pursuing an engineering career. Job, you should go to a good engineering school. And I've never really had my hand on the steering wheel other than just like, okay, sure, that sounds good. And up until that point, work 
for a job was always just something that I considered as something I had to do. Um, it was a responsibility as an adult. Um, and I think that's kind of been trained into my system well into my 20s, which is why I was like, okay, I got to climb this. got to keep climbing, climbing without necessarily wondering why. Um, and I, I know that you had a similar kind of like, let's say high school and college path. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> I mean, just to like explore that more, I feel like the worst thing that ever happened to me academically was when I was 10. I got a, you remember ISATs? Like the standardized oh testing we took in Illinois. Yeah, this is this, this is an this is an Illinois thing, folks. <laughs> if you know, if you know, if you know, you know. But yeah, I got a I got a letter from the governor saying I got like a perfect score on the math section when I was ten, and I think because of that, that set like a whole path of my parents' expectation for me. And I think my parents like because my parents were like they were technically the first gen here, and they kind of went through the school system having Asian parents, and I think they initially didn't want to be like the same thing. But once they got that letter, like from then on, I feel like my path was set or my dad really set really high expectations for me. If I got like bad grades or like, you know, Asian bad grades, he would be like, look, I'm not pushing you further than what I think you're capable of. I just feel like you're not putting in hundred percent effort, but I just think he was holding me to this standard that, you know, I accidentally hit. And um, yeah. because of that, it like really changed my life trajectory where I think my dad, my dad really wanted me to become a doctor. Um, and when I was in college, that was kind of like the path I was going through. And then I had a real like existential crisis when I realized it wasn't for me. But even still, I switched into like a coding major because I knew that was going to make Math. a lot of money. Yeah. And it was going to be, yeah, a lot simpler. And, you know, I pursued that pretty hard. But I feel like my, I don't know what the word is, like my heart wasn't really in it when I was doing that, you know. It was still kind of like under the same like life philosophy that my parents instilled in me, like kind of maximizing this safe route that is going to make a comfortable life for myself and not necessarily like a passionate life. Yeah. I relate to that a lot, actually. Uh, so do you remember when they might've done it in elementary school where it's like, answer these questions and we're tell you, we're going to tell you what your perfect job was. Yes. Mine yes. was, mine was architect. It was like, you're going to be an architect. And I was like, for a good year and a half, I was like, look at these buildings. Look at these buildings. They're so fucking cool. Let's make them in the future. <laughs> and I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to be. And then it kind of pivoted to engineering because when I took the um, ACTs, um, I also, I got a perfect score in math and my English was meh. And since my English was meh, I was put in the category of put this Asian nerd behind a desk because they're going to be weird around people. And they're going to be good at math. And so I was kind of put in that category. And I was kind of like a typical engineer guy. When, I mean, if you know me now, or, or if you even just, if you get to know me now, um, I'm a very social person. Uh, and just because English score was average, it was very easy to like look at the number and say, oh, this person is a propeller head. Like you just got to put them behind the computer. And so, um honestly it. is propeller head pc is it it's <laughs> i've been called that before you know you ever see those cartoons where they i know what you're hats? talking about yeah then, <laughs> i i hey if i'm canceled for that one then i'll cut that from the video but <laughs> not okay, okay. <laughs> um but i think the next pivot in my life from architect engineer was um as i was graduating i was like you know what i am not the best class I'm not the best at these things i interned to do product design and i kind of thought okay that's what i'm gonna do i'm gonna design product i'm gonna do like um computer assisted drawings and design product which is cool that was cool for me i wanted to build gundam like anime robots like yeah this is a version of that but as i started interviewing for jobs um a lot of a consistent theme in my interviews was people telling me oh you consider technical um we kind of struggle to find people that have a technical background but then can translate it into a business sense and so i was like all right sure and that's another instance where i was nudged in a direction because of how i performed at certain things and not necessarily is because it was something i wanted to do it was almost backwards i would be decent at something or good at something and then i would convince myself oh that's something i want to 
And so for, let's say all through my twenties, that's pretty much been my trajectory at work. Um, my corporate job is like, Hey, Miguel, we want you to do this over here now. And I'll be like, okay, yeah, that, let me convince myself that that's exciting. And that's how I want to spend my time. And that's where, like you said, over time, I've tried to strike a balance where I'm just like, mm, deep down, I know that's not really what I want to do. So I'm going to go spend my free time punching and kicking human beings, training Muay Thai, you know? Um, and I think yeah. that's probably I a guess good that's... transition to how we planted the seed for what we're pursuing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for those of you who don't know, which it's surprising if you're listening to this and you don't know, but Miguel, it was um, a very accomplished amateur Muay Thai fighter. And uh, accomplished, I, I'm 50-50. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but putting yourself out there, first go. of all, in actual fights is pretty impressive. And you won an amateur tournament, didn't you? Uh, No. Oh no! My that God. was strong man. That was strong man. That was strong man. You did, did win strong man. You are Brooklyn I, I strong. You are Brooklyn strongest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. <laughs> I think let's we're jumping here, but I would say the reason I even started training Muay Thai was because I, I like to tell this story. I had if you got the camera on, if you're watching, you could see that both Nate and I have luscious heads of hair. Uh, <laughs> he copied me. <laughs> but uh i started training muay thai more seriously because i had this stress related bald spot in the back of my head from work i was overworking Whoa, i didn't know doctor. that you were oh, balding bro i was balding bro it was like a perfect like uh like a dollar coin i was balding and my doctor was like you need to find a hobby and i was like <laughs> i remember what he said that to me i was like damn can you have worded that better? <laughs> like you make it seem like all I care about is work. And at the time, retrospect, probably was kind of true. So I was trying to pick a hobby and I saw a guy with a Muay Thai t-shirt. And so I was like, oh, you know what? I, I gave, I did a kickboxing class. I dabbled. I wonder if I would enjoy this. And so I started training Muay Thai. And honestly, the community that I was part of was really, really encouraging. Um, and it was also the first time I was exposed to a lot of people in very different walks of life. Um, when training Muay Thai, I realized that the people that I was surrounding with, I, I was like kind of the only guy with a boring corporate job. A lot of other people were artists um, or a lot of my coaches, that was their job. That they were, they were working for themselves. They were their brand. They were their business. And they really gave a shit about what they did. And their skin was in the game. You know? Isn't and it, I learned sorry, a lot. Not to interrupt, but isn't it funny how, like, when you grow up and you go to these, like, fighting gyms, as, like, I have done also, most of the guys who are killers are, like, fucking nerds and, like, artists. <laughs> and, yeah. you know? And then in <laughs> high school, they were, like, <laughs> in high school, they were bullied. But then it's, like, those guys who played football who were seen as the tough guys, they grew up to be, like, fat-ass desk jockeys you know and yeah, yeah, can, yeah like kill them yeah you see them and you're like hey let me rent a car for you um <laughs> not not a diss at anyone listening sorry if you're a yeah, yeah 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 we love our we love our desk jockeys <laughs> so uh but uh, that was the first time i was exposed to coaches and teammates that had really been looking out for themselves and establishing their own businesses and finding a means to pursue something they enjoyed. And so I got a taste of that. And that's why I was like, you know what? Maybe that'll scratch the itch. And like you said, I've had that balance with like work and hobby, work and hobby, work and hobby, where it kind of turned into more than just a hobby. And I know that the same goes for you. Like if someone told you, oh, jujitsu is a hobby, you'd, be, you'd probably take offense. Yeah, I mean, there were definitely, a, there were points. And even now it's like, it's a job honestly, like the way I see it and the way like I clock in my hours more than my real job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was training three hours, four days a week. Um, and it was, it was good. And that doesn't cause... include the time off the mats when you're like thinking about it, studying absolutely. it, talking absolutely. about it. Yeah. And I think that was kind of like a real taste at like, Oh, this is me spending time on something that I want. Not just necessarily hey, your manager said, can you do this more efficiently? 
and you work with this team to help them out. Because at the end of the day, like if I get let go from my company, no one's really going to give a shit because there's not enough skin in the game. Just, you know, you're, you're sustaining yourself financially. And that's where you and I differ a little. I'm, I'm sticking to the corporate job because it's a bit of a parachute for me. Um, and I have a lot of flexibility, uh, but it comes down to how do I really want to spend my time? Like, am I going to look back and be like, fuck, I spent 40 hours a week for 15, 20 years doing this thing for some guy to show his numbers to stakeholders and shareholders. And that, that all I want to be. Um, and so that's kind of, that's, that's where it started, where I started thinking twice about how I want to spend my time. So it sounds like balding was like the best thing that ever happened to you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the, today's sponsor is Keeps. Uh, so if you are uh, <laughs> losing your hair. <laughs> Yo, not the Keeps sponsor. Like I get so many of those balding uh, ads. I'm, it makes me like, it's gaslighting me. Like, am I balding? Like, why the fuck does the algorithm think I need uh, like Keeps or a minoxidil? <laughs> yeah. Um, code code Nate though. It's, I'm not related to the keeps thing. I got a good headache, so I want to thank yo, my parents yo. for the genetics. I I've always had a really high hairline, and they honestly have me thinking like, is it is it receding? I don't know. I'm I'm starting to get the Vegeta thing. So for my anime fans, yeah. you know he's got that hard V. So I've been doing less ponytail because you can see that Vegeta line. But at the same time, he was the prince of all sands. Um, but I don't want to uh, lose any of our followers or our listeners and be like, what is this anime bullshit? Uh, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. If you don't stand with anime, we don't want you to listen. <laughs> okay, so well then, how about you? Uh, how did you get into jiu-jitsu? What started opening the door towards putting yourself where you are now? Yeah, I think, um, well, I was in between, uh, so I just left UCLA and I quit like pre-med and I was working on a path to like, uh, engineering and like I had a consulting gig, but anyways, I was really into the UFC and I heard about Ronda Rousey and I like looked her up and I thought she was so like badass and I found out she did judo, but I didn't want to do judo cause like it looked insane. So then I decided to do jujitsu, which I heard was related. And I think kind of like you, it was like one of the first things I ever did that wasn't like prescriptive. Like it wasn't something that someone told me to do. Like it's something that I looked for and I found for myself. And like, I mean, I've had hobbies that I got really into, but like, this was something that like I went all in and I've done now for like the past seven years. And, um, I really enjoyed it. Well, before then, what were you gonna say? Uh, -huh. uh so you wrestled and I think that there's a bit did of wrestle. like, why did I think you wrestled? Uh, my younger brother wrestled, actually. He wrestled for seven years, junior high and high school. I never oh, wrestled. Oh, so then it really is something that you were just like, let me just try Yeah, completely this, new. Like, I, I was, like, grappling was really foreign to me. I had no idea what, like, jujitsu was. I thought it was just, like, some East Asian martial arts. Yeah, I assumed And I found that out it was, like, this, like, ground fighting. I assumed that you were on that similar uh, backstory as a lot of people. So, okay, then it really is something that you're like, let me just try this. And you know what? I, yeah. I, no. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of your friends that knew you when you were younger were probably like you're doing what now that's not who you are um i got a lot i think jiu-jitsu has become so popular now that like they understand what it is i am curious if like i'm curious what my social perception is like I, it's not something i think about but like you bringing that up makes me wonder like when people like shout out to all those high school cuties you look up on facebook you know every once in a while but i wonder if when people look me up on instagram they wonder um i they like they're surprised at jujitsu because i think looking back i was kind of an high angry school kid. cuties meaning meaning your when you were in high school together not looking at high schoolers right now <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm yeah. not trying to catch a case I, I, here yeah, yeah yeah that's exactly I what, what you mean. Yeah. yeah i get what you mean yeah you look back at friends from high school or high school crushes mm -hmm. and, and you're they, like they turned oh, out damn. or yeah or, maybe they fell apart or they're on yeah they're on like kid number three and you're like that could have been me. That could have been. Could have been or maybe they're like at now. that point where like maybe it went full circle. Like they got diabetes and they went on Ozempic and now they're hot again. <laughs> Shout out Ozempic. My dad's on that. Oh yeah, Ozempic. Use code um, Skinny Three um, for a discount. We're sponsored by everybody. 
Um, but I think I think I, I get what you're saying. Like looking back and being like, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people are like, Miguel's doing what now? He's got long hair and he's big. He got way bigger. I'm not saying I'm big, but I'm. Um, but I think uh, I actually refrain from interacting too much with people from high school because I actually don't enjoy. Oh, that's not who you are, or at least that's not. And obviously, that was half my life ago. Like, I was embarrassing. Now I'm equally embarrassing, but at least I like what I'm doing. So. I think yeah <laughs> go on i read this one thing like growing up isn't cringing at your old self it's like accepting the cringe you get when you see your old self or something like that it's kind of like i feel like i struggle with like i look back at my old self and i think like oh why did he do all those things that he did or why did he act that way but it's hard for me to have sometimes like the empathy and maturity to look back and say like, Oh, like that version of Nathaniel was like on his path and like getting to where I am now and like be accepting of him. Like I look back sometimes with a little bit of disdain and I feel well, like that you, has, that's like, if you, if you, if you look back, we're getting deep, we're getting deep. If yeah, we don't need to do that on the pilot, but if you look back and you don't get embarrassed, it's because you haven't really changed that much. And I've changed a lot. So I'm, I'm okay with looking back and being like, mm, that 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 dude was didn't know where he was going. Right, right, right. There's stages to it. Like you look back and you're just like a complete like it's just like blank, you know. You're just like, yeah. No self-reflection. And then there's like the next stage where there's self-reflection, you're embarrassed. And then there's that like Buddha stage where it's like self-reflection, a little bit of cringe, but also acceptance for that cringe. You you heard it here first. Nate and I are comparing ourselves to Buddha. And, I am you know, Buddha. I'm like the next Buddha, dude. Nah, dog. I got my hair's too nice. Isn't he bald? Maybe I'm Buddha. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's let's back on topic. Uh, the decision to go from hobbyist to competitive athlete. Yeah. To I feel turning like for me that was really that like. Yeah, I feel like for me that really was like, yeah, I feel like that happened, that transition really happened or started during COVID. Um, You know, I think everybody started working from home a lot more. I was actually in between jobs at that point. So like I got a new offer at a new company and I gave myself a month between. And at the exact same time, one of my friends from jujitsu invited me to her place in DC. And so I was able to train like full time essentially for like a month and get like a taste of that life. And I was like, like I used to be addicted to jiu-jitsu, but like that's when I was like all in like that black tar heroin shit, like completely addicted to jiu-jitsu. And after that, I came back. I basically broke up with my now wife, girlfriend at the yep. time. We ended up going on a year and a half break because I was just so all in on jiu-jitsu. And I thought to myself, like it was a whiplash moment where I was like, this girl's a distraction. Like holding I can't me have back. any distractions from jiu-jitsu. She's holding me back. Yeah, I was She's a your posh spice to your David Beckham. Yeah, I just, I just exactly. Watched the but I wasn't David Beckham, dude. I was like the fourth stringer on like the <laughs> the C team. Yeah, no, you weren't even pro. <laughs> so yeah, but I mean that really like gave me a taste of like that full time jiu-jitsu life because I had like a tracker and I think I was at the gym like forty hours a week at that point uh, and like mm. so I was training a shit ton and I actually loved it and it wasn't one of those things where it's like I felt like I was, I had to get my hours in. It was one of those things where it was like, I was trying to train more. You were looking so forward much. to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah, that's when yeah. time flies. Yeah. Go, I'm yeah. And it. so when companies started like having us go back in, I really, there was no going back for me. Like I was like halfway out the door already. I mean, it, I think it took like a year and a half since like the return to office policy or whatever, where I like actually quit, which just happened. But like, I kind of always knew that, my path wasn't going to be in the office once that started. Yeah. So that was your fork in the road. You, you actually did get a yeah. taste of full time and you were like, Hey, can I, can I take the risk to do this full time? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was one of those things where like, like we were talking about, like, I think my whole life has been very prescriptive and it was one of those things where I really had to take a risk on myself and it was, it's definitely been scary like now. Cause I'm still in that, 
I'm still in like the early stages where I chose like the, you know, chose myself and it's yeah. been hard and it's, I've, there's been a lot of self-doubt, but like, I just feel so much more fulfilled with my day to day. Yeah. Um, I think, like you said, I'm, I'm on a slider. You're like a hard red light, green light. I'm on a slider. And I think for me, my fork on the road was also COVID related. Um, so for the video game fans and Skyrim nerds, uh, COVID was my arrow to the knee. Um, I think <laughs> <laughs> I had a lot of momentum at work and it took a sudden and abrupt stop. Um, so I was, I didn't know that. In a, yeah, I was in a position where um, I had a lot of good momentum. Um, I was traveling internationally regularly. So I was like in Spain, France, uh, Lisbon. I think Lisbon. I don't even remember. Uh, German, uh, Poland, India. Um, yeah, I was traveling internationally a lot. And I was actually reaching a point where I was actually able to start to design my job and pick up projects that I enjoy and that would benefit my organization. And so they were, they trusted me to do these things. And I also am a type of person that really thrives in in-person interactions and networking. Um, so I kind of learned Meanwhile, to play you work from home every day. Now I do, yeah. And before then I was like- oh, but Pre-COVID, you, you went into the office? I was going into the office a lot. I was in sales. I was seeing customers a lot. And then I started a new role where I was uh, basically interacting and collaborating internationally very regularly. So, oh, I didn't know that. But I mean, like when I met you in 2017, I thought, were you, were you in sales at that time also? I was like, on, I was transitioning from sales into uh, global. I didn't know that. So yeah, I was, I actually really like, I did really well in those environments because I knew how to play the game, quote unquote. And so I could tell like, who's an influential decision maker? Who do I need to leave an impression with? Kind of be memorable. And then that ended up being like, oh, we remember Miguel. He was really opinionated. He did this really well. So um, that was something that I was feeding off socially. I was like, yeah, look at this value I bring. It actually validated a lot of my worth. Um, but then when COVID hit, they basically put all travel on a freeze and I went full-time remote. And without that aspect of socialization in my work, it really reduced my job to something that is just not relating in any way. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm like, a, an, I have an addictive personality here and there. And I was just like, okay, there's nothing here is challenging me. and I was feeling like zero fulfillment in how I was at the time. And instead of like relying on, okay, I need to take a new job or I need to quit on something else, I was like, okay, how am I going to apply myself in my free time? And coincidentally, not too long after that, um, I actually was presented an opportunity to teach kickboxing. And so that's where I was like, you know what? Um, I did a lot of Muay Thai training. And at the time, my Muay Thai training was kind of coming to a halt. Uh, I kind of thought I've gotten as good as I'm going to get. And I've lost the fire. For so I was like, point, I'm not going to get here. And, and that can be a whole topic on another day. But because of that, I was like, well, I have this. I put in the time. I developed those skills. I wonder if I can apply that in a different frame. Can I coach, teach others? And I had a taste of that when I cornered some other fighters. Hey, this is fun. I like this. And so when I had that opportunity, I was like, yeah, let's give it a try. I have the free time. Let's enjoy it. Um, that was another case where I wasn't going in for money or because I, I didn't feel like I needed to put my hours in. It was more like, sweet, I get to learn from teaching a class and I'm going to kind of tailor and evolve my teaching style and get that socialization that I really kind of crave. Um, and so, yeah, I would really like, I, I would thank Kit House for giving me the opportunity to teach there because that really opened up the door for my teaching others. Um, the thing is, 
from there, I realized I didn't want to teach Muay Thai. Um, there's a lot of more respectable instructors out there. And it just wasn't something that I was training. So I had to kind of pivot and decide, okay, I want to coach, but what do I coach? And um, that kind of took its own evolution. But I've been talking. Yeah. Go back to you. <laughs> I, I think like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what we have in common, I mean, so the social aspect, I'm not like a very social person. I'm a little bit more introverted. Um, I do enjoy the social aspect of jujitsu, but like, I think what we have in common is that like, we both enjoy the skill acquisition aspects. Like for yeah. me, the reason yes. why jujitsu is so fun is like every day I go in and I'm like, I'm trying something new and like, you're getting like very tangible res like feedback of whether what you tried worked and it's like yeah. so fun and addicting. And like when I got into coding initially, it was so fun learning coding and getting really good at it. And I am really good at coding. But what you find out in the corporate environment is that like those, your skill level really doesn't work. It's more like a different game and they don't really uh, incentivize the skill acquisition aspect. So it wasn't stimulating right, for me. Like right, right. Yeah. You yeah. end up finding, so I feel like you find yourself working for people that don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And it, oh, completely. it's, it's kind of demeaning this actually is this is kind of fresh because I, w I got up early this morning to work with and this is pretty fresh where they're like hey can you update this graph and i'm like dude motherfucker this is do this in excel yourself i'm not an excel <laughs> junkie like i'm so much more than yo this. that that post that post meeting crankiness hits different dude i don't miss it oh yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. i'm just like why why is this guy higher than me on the pyramid this guy's a moron. And I, I think that still happens to me here and there. I try to just like walk it off. Um, I think when I was younger, I was like, these people are senior directors of this and I got to look up to them. And now I'm like, mm, probably a regular guy that is a friend of a friend who got him this job. And um, I don't know, it's on some Game of Thrones shit where it's like, you feel like a soldier ready to go to battle and you don't realize that it's like a 16 year old boy leading the path doesn't know what the sometimes it kind of feels like that so that's why i was like you know what i gotta kind of forge my own path a little bit. yeah i think other people besides you and me like more commonly value those things like the social perception and like notoriety and like high status but like personally i just think like life is more fun when it's treated more like an adventure like, I think yeah. that's also why you and me also, like, skip from hobbies to hobbies a lot or, like, yeah. you know, yeah, passion yeah, projects. Yeah. And, I mean, like, there are a couple that end up sticking because they resonate. But, like, that, like, initial phase of just, like, getting really good at something. Like, for you, like, getting really good at teaching kickboxing. It's just, like, so fun. At the beginning, I was like, wow, let me transition my skills over and I'm improving at, at coaching. And then, like you said, I was like, I got to pick up something new. And when you pick up something new, the novelty is fun at first. But then you progress so quickly because it's new. And so yeah. I started, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bumped into a, a former Muay Thai fighter, Jim, and she was like, she, she actually competed in Strongman, James Watt, and she's a small business. We should probably interview her in the future. But <clears throat> she was like, Miguel, you should try Strongman. And I went to a gym, picked up some stones, threw some kegs, and I was like, holy shit, this is fun. And so my coaching... <laughs> evolved into strength coaching and like personal training now because I was like, I'm enjoying this more. I'm learning more from this. Um, and honestly, one of the aspects that I really enjoyed working at his house was these Instagram instructional videos. It was basically get a point across in 30 seconds that can help a lot of people. And I took that and played with it and turned it into like, as, as you know, if you follow me, fitness post here's an exercise that can benefit you if you do and i know that it's working because my friend chris even messaged me and was like yo um i actually did your front foot elevated smith lunch today because i needed a glute exercise and i was like cool that's very strong rewarding. chris strong chris yeah chris dakili oh lit lit brooklyn chris <laughs> yeah brooklyn <laughs> He's got <laughs> yeah. the most Brooklyn sounding accent and like also the most like if you imagine Brooklyn white guy like and what he eats, that's his exact diet. <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. 
Italian food, low voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Italian food, low voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking love French. Like, what? I, I like. I like what I like. What? I like what. I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I fucking love uh, French. Such a great um, guy. Yeah. yeah dude, so, he's so that's cool. that's. I, I when it comes down to it, I think both of us were just kind of like sick of being told what we should be doing, and by people that were telling us what we should be doing, we just didn't have a so we're like okay why don't we just put ourselves to the test and figure it out and i think that's why you know i'm surprised go ahead i'm surprised no one ever like recommended strongman to you before because if anyone's ever met miguel he's a very prominent brow ridge you know like i wouldn't be surprised if you have like an above average neanderthal like percentage (laughs) and just like it just comes naturally to you i i mean me too my brow ridge is also prominent yeah, uh, we got that Taylor Lautner eyebrow, like that, that bridge. <laughs> yeah. No, we got that Geico commercial eyebrow. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'll look That's it a up throwback. Later. I'll look it up. Okay. Later. Um. Yeah. So, I. That's the journey, and now we're. That's the journey to lead up to the beginning of what this. And so, I think the reason we're doing this, at least the reason I'm doing this, is, um, I think oftentimes people when they take on a new challenge. Um, they they keep it to themselves. They're afraid to share it with others because it's not uncommon when you're around a family dinner table and some cousin or some fucking boyfriend is like, "You're doing what now?" Oh, okay, let's let, let me know how that goes. And it just kind of like uh, pulls the wing the the wind out from your sails when you're super enthusiastic about something and someone just brushes it aside because. They want to play it safe and they look at you weird if you don't play it. Um, and so, yeah, that totally sucks. I, yeah. I was actually like at a meetup with Ariel and uh, in Taiwan and she took me to this like event for documentary filmmakers and they had us all introduce ourselves. And one was like, oh yeah, I'm doing like child crimes in Thailand. And one guy's like my, and you know, Ariel, she's doing like a documentary on this guy who was kidnapped in china and then i was like i am an aspiring youtuber and yeah you're just so awkward dude and you yeah it's 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 you're we're hesitant to share the risks we're taking um but then you hear people all over social media that love being like oh here's my success story i'm the fucking greatest you can be like me if you just take the risk and do this and I think what we're trying to do is this middle ground of that. We don't have, or hopefully, something that we look back and we say, yeah, you know, this was a great decision. And But right now, we're amidst our journey. And the whole point of us starting this podcast, Mind My Business, working on it, is um, to chronicle <laughs> Incorporated. <laughs> Trademark. Yeah, but we want to document it and... Also, for me, I want to yeah, put myself yeah. out there for um, constructive criticism because when I first started lifting, I was posting on Instagram and people that I respected would say, try this on your deadlift, engage your lats, or pull the bar against you like you want to bend it in half. And that advice significantly improved my technique and allowed me to train uh more safely and it wasn't it didn't come with like a eh, not deep enough squat doesn't count you're a bitch it was more like hey uh, i'm getting feedback from people that put the time in to watch or listen and say hey here's some advice um and i think this is an opportunity for us to put ourselves out there again to continue to get that kind of feedback um i've even recently had someone uh he's a physical therapist um respond to one of my Instagram stories or Instagram posts saying, hey, technically this wording that you use is uh, not, it's kind of outdated in the medical field. And I was like, okay, cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. I respect that. And I'm going to adapt. Um, Just so long as it doesn't come with this like entitled um, approach where it's like, look at you trying something new, which I really haven't experienced much of. So by coming out here and saying, yeah, we're starting a podcast. I'm not really like shy to share that you and I are doing this, even though kind of dudes in their thirties are podcasts. Why should me? Um, I was talking to a friend, our friend, Jeremy, and he said, there's a lot of 
podcast and content where people that you don't know talk about how great they are. And he was like, he would love to hear from people that he does know that are taking risks because it is more likely that he would take a similar risk. And he's another person I'd love to have as a guest because he's taken a risk and left his corporate job. Um, so yeah, this is just our I means of like, like uh, putting ourselves out there for, for that constructive criticism. Yeah, I agree. I think there's a lot of podcasts out there of guys who've like already made it. So it's like cool. Like, let's say like five years from now, if we're still doing this to see where we are now versus like, who are we going to be then? And like, that'd be pretty cool. Like maybe we fail or maybe we're still doing this podcast and only like 20 people and our moms are listening, you know, Hi, mom. or maybe like, <laughs> yeah, or maybe, I mean, my old podcast, my mom listens to almost every episode. So shout out to Diana Cho. Um, I think though, I agree. Like, it's just cool that we're documenting this and like putting ourselves out there because I have been like trying this thing recently where like I just tell people what I'm trying to do. I heard that like you can increase your surface area for luck by just like reaching out in your community, you know? I've heard that too. And by just like putting out, yeah, if we just put out that we're like doing this, that I'm trying to be an aspiring YouTuber, I agree. Like I'm hoping people reach out and offer their help or they know somebody that knows somebody that can help. And like I think something we kind of lost in like the past few generations is like community and like, it'd be really cool if we can, like, build our own little community around this, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's why I'm really looking forward to having some guests on here. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I mentioned this before, um, but there's this sociologist from Stanford that um, wrote on the topic of weak ties. Um, and you might be asking, what's a weak tie? A weak tie is like a casual acquaintance. Someone that you see regularly um, at the gym because you come at the same it's time. Is like a hinge hookup, a weak tie? You still talk? <laughs> it depends, I guess. <laughs> no, I, I'm married. I'm married. I'm married. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it, it, if, it could be. It could be. I wouldn't be surprised if you can uh, kind of... No, I mean, we have that. so many, like... I know, we do have so many weak ties, though. Like, if I think... I said I'm married, but I'm sure like a, a few of the people I've hooked up with on like the dating apps still probably follow me on Instagram. It's like some kind of parasocial relationship. Yeah. So the thing about weak ties is um, that the sociologist basically stated that um, it's more likely that these weak ties, these casual acquaintances will offer more access to new information than your closest friends. Um, Nate and I, we've already had multiple lunches and dinners where we talk about kind of stuff. So there's only so much new stuff we can present to each other. Yes, we're both on our journey and we can learn from mistakes that he made or I'm making. Um, but one of our goals in our future calls, and we've already started putting a list down, but if you're listening and you're interested, then obviously reach out. But our our goals are to also learn from Don't reach out. People. We have there's an there's an entire application process. We don't accept just anybody. Send us a CV, oh, right, full right, resume. Right. Yeah, we want your or, elevator or, pitch. Or DM me. DM me in and we'll we'll plan uh the elevator pitch for Nate. Yo, <laughs> not Miguel trying to farm DMs. <laughs> <laughs> so, Miguel secretly like, yeah, DM me only if you're a cute girl. <laughs> cute girls or uh people that can help me uh, become insta famous. Tell me what tell me what I need to do. <laughs> Um, but no, I, I, I think you have to be day, a cute girl to be Insta famous. Or let's break that. Let's break that glass ceiling. Is that what that is? That's the glass ceiling, right? This next episode. <laughs> it's a reverse glass the name ceiling. For yeah, this, exactly. one. This, this one's called the glass ceiling. Yeah. Um, no, anyway. The, Re reverse glass ceiling. The, the point I was trying to get at is, um, I think we want to expand from just like Nate, Jujitsu coaching. Miguel, fitness coaching, like we're not going to stay limited to that. So we want to talk to small business owners, people that have taken similar people with unusual career journeys, because um, I do have a lot of close friends and coworkers that have gone down the career path and they they love their jobs. They're very happy. They've had opportunities to live in France. Uh, Nikesh came back a couple of years ago from living in um, 
and I have a friend that's there now and they're, they're thriving. And I'm not saying that that path is better or worse than mine. It's more like you and I are just trying to come to terms with how we want to spend our time instead of just hours. And so, yeah, I've been and told if my boss times, is listening. Like I, have very... I, I have, just so you know, I do respect you. Uh, it's not you personally. <laughs> this is just so I can keep my job. <laughs> this is a disclaimer. So if my boss is listening, I'm not trying to quit. Um, like <laughs> what the fuck does your boss follow you on Instagram? I don't know, man. What if we get so big? And they're like, oh my God, who is this? This is Miguel. Always oh, talking about how he hates his job. <laughs> That's true. Do you ever like, do you ever like uh, go on a YouTuber you follow and just like out of curiosity, look at their first video they ever uploaded? No. Oh. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I guess I will now. No, but I mean, I, I agree with that sentiment. Like, I think people have told me I have very strong opinions and I can come across as like being a little what's the word, like all or nothing with the way I see life. But I think for you and me, this is just kind of like the way that we are able to like live with ourselves. Like I'm not comfortable or fulfilled working like a corporate job. Um, and it's not something like I can like tolerate. And so that's kind of like why I had to search for an alternative lifestyle. Right. And <laughs> not me calling, yeah, yo, not me calling like becoming a content creator an alternative lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, that's like the top growing profession right now. So, um, I think cute girls <laughs> for cute girls only. Yeah. Hey, maybe we, I mean, if I shave and we got the long hair, I could be cute. Anyway. Um, let's cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. We, it's raw. We do it raw. Jesus. Okay. So in terms of no, not, yo, not like that. Okay. In terms of, well, I guess the future. This is the pilot, and here we are trying to establish our flow. Um, it's also just Miguel and Nate catching up. For me, this is there's intrinsic value because like we used to. Um, but the things we want to dive into in the coming months are more about um, like what sparked, what really sparked. The side hustle. I mean, yeah, we glimpsed into it, um, but I think we can spend a little more time exactly why. Um, I also think it would be important for us to follow your transition and move to Taiwan. Um, I think your journey is really exciting to follow. I mean, shit, you just signed your apartment. A lot of people our age now buying houses in the suburbs. You're very unusual. Um, but I think it's also an opportunity for. Yo, was that like a diss? Why is that? Yo, renting you can still rent. I'm I'm not I'm I'm, I'm 29. Renting. I'm not 30 I'm yet. Renting. I can still be renting. I'm renting. I can't afford to buy no, I'm kidding. New York. But I think it's also a good opportunity yeah, I, for I, us to share like what we learned from our move to New York, because we're not New Yorkers. Not not native New Yorkers. Yeah. Yeah. So what are things that we learned that we And we both had like better? similar but also Yeah, we had similar but also like kind of different transitions to New York also. Yeah. I also want to spend some time talking about uh quote unquote corporate culture and how they love talking about how they're a family. Um but then oh cutthroat, bro. they'll just they'll lay you off. Yo, show a finger a down shit. my throat and make me vomit, dude. No. Yeah. No. Oh uh, yeah, I would love to talk about that and just diss it. I I'm <laughs> I'm worried though that'll alienate so many viewers. No. Uh I we we won't we don't have to stay super negative, but you know, just a some some fun storytelling and take away. Um, but for me, I think the sure. uh, the thing I'm looking forward to the most, and this is where we need um, help spread the word, is people that might be in similar journeys, maybe way, way, way ahead of us, or interested in doing something similar. We'd love to have them on and just pick their brain because it's those weaker ties, those weak ties, those acquaintances um, that introduce new information. And it's just you're just listening to me and Nate over and over and over again. Nate's got a good voice. That's thank making up thank for you. the... Uh, I'm making up for the calling. <laughs> calling <laughs> no, you no, no. no, you're good. You're good. Well, I mean, like, we, keeping it in this episode, you know, we were talking about 
um, our side hustles and stuff. What's like end game for you? Are you still gonna, do you think you'll always be half in half out? Like where is a good question. Maybe like a realistic projection, but then also like a ideal projection. What is end game for you? That's, that's, that's a question that Maria, my wife always asks. Um, She's always the first to be like, okay, so how many clients do you need to replace? Because you would enjoy doing that. Is that the goal? I, I, it might be. Um, like, all right. So Miguel's boss, boss for for the next like ten minutes, close your ears. So I've told my boss she doesn't have to close her ears because in my performance review she asked where do I see myself in three years. Oh, and I told her. Wait, did you I say she? Because how sexist am I? I assumed it was a guy. No, she's she's great. She's Colombian, um, and she's helping me with. But she, um, during my performance re- review, asked me where I see myself in three years, and I told her, um, fucking off in Caribbean, uh, in a beach house with some dogs. She's like, okay, I'm gonna pretend you didn't say that, but she does know that, like, at the end of the day, I'm I am kind of trying to like wriggle my corp my cog out of the corporate engine a little bit um i think end game would be potentially owning a small gym um in the caribbean and maintaining like my 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 coaching status i either both in person and or um virtually because that's pretty scalable what about when you say the Caribbean, what about Puerto Rico? Like Logan Paul lives there. We've been there like two Puerto or three Rico. times. Puerto uh, Rico, yeah, or somewhere. Puerto just, Rico. Puerto Rico. Uh, I'm. It kind of also comes with timing. I mean, like you left New York, and I think a lot of my friends are getting engaged. And if you reach a point where most of my closest friends have left New York, then it's time. It would be time for me to kind of. Because cost know. of living is so much cheaper in those countries. Like, yeah, I'm dude. sure you're actually not that far. Yeah, it would be a lot more sustainable to do that full time, um, not living in. What yeah, hundred percent. What about you? That's that's long term. That's long term for me. Right now, I'm, I'm. Wait, but it's really not when you think about it, because like, Mar- you and Maria both are work remotely, and cost of living is cheaper there, and you already have a client base that could probably support a lifestyle in. Puerto Rico. You think that's far away? Like, what's holding you back? Is it the friends? Is it the community? I would say the, the friends are not holding me back. I would say if something's holding me back, it's um, it's the corporate parachute. Like, okay, if I if I don't try that hard and if I fail, fine because I'm 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 sustained by my corporate job. It's a it's it's a pro and a con. It's a parachute that will prevent me from falling, but if I'm sprinting forward, it's also a parachute that's holding me back from going anywhere. So, that's a really good that's a really good metaphor. Yeah. So for you being afraid, like you said, like you're scared sometimes, it's also kind of pushing you to work hard. I, I would say that's what's holding. But in terms of goal, yeah, sure, maybe three years isn't crazy. I would love to look back at this and be like, hey, remember when Nate said, do you ever watch the why don't I do that? And who would have thought? Wow! Like I would love to have that prescience, um, Dune style. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> whenever I hear prescience, I immediately think Dune. Yeah, because no one uses that word in real life. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Frank was... Herbert did. Okay. Yeah, he did. So that's 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 goal. That's my goal. What about yours? I think you're you I think you yeah, have more um, short term goals that you gotta hit than me. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely more focused on like the short to medium goals. Like you mentioned skin into the game. I feel like because I quit my job right now, um, I have so much skin in the game and I'm really just hustling like the Instagram side, the YouTube side, and now this podcast, and like I'm really just trying to hit it from all ends. Mm-hmm. And it's like a lot of work. It's actually more work now than it was doing the corporate job, but it's very fulfilling. Um I don't know. There's no, I don't really know if there's an end game. Like for me, the way I see it is just like, I'm taking a chance on myself for the next couple of years. If it works out great. And I don't know, catch me on like the next, 
I don't know, on the trending page or something. But if not, then, you know, I can always go back to software engineering or finding the next venture. Maybe I'll come in like a day trader or something. I don't know. Dude. Yeah. It's, I think it, it's good that we have the ability to revert back to the corporate skills. Like I, if I'm completely screwed, I know I can self if I needed to, I like let go of it. But I think I would like to think that if I was in that case, I would take a similar step as you and be like, all right, do a couple, a year, six months, trying something else. And this is just a means for anybody listening that's going through like, hey, that happened to me. This is what I did. This is what worked, what didn't work. Um, that's kind of, that's, that's all I hope out of this. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, like I, I don't feel great. Like I'm living off savings now. I don't have an income. Like I don't recommend anyone doing it the way I did. Like when I listen to interviews of like the top guys, they always at least like were monetized on YouTube. You know, I have like 40 subscribers. I think I made like four videos. Um, I, I really like took a huge leap of faith <laughs> on this one. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm, yeah, it doesn't feel great. Um, but I don't know. I just feel fulfilled and I'm okay with that. Yeah. And even though it's just, even though you're in Taiwan without me, um, and I'm not trying to sound cheesy, but this is also our attempt to not be alone. I kind of regret saying yeah, yeah, that because yeah. it no, kind of comes yeah. off very cheesy, but I, at the same time, no, 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 no. I appreciate that. Like, I think this will be a really good, like check-in and like sounding board where like we can bounce each ideas off each other and just catch up which takes me to our surprise segment i didn't tell miguel about this but it's i don't know working title it's called nate and miguel just catch up Ooh, i'll, I'll <laughs> edit in some music here maybe or maybe not <laughs> okay so miguel how was your week how was your week since the last time we talked here's 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 the big thing for the week tonight I'm hosting a dinner uh, for my company, the one I just softly bashed. It's a good company, but corporate life is not. But anyway, one of the things I do to keep myself um, fulfilled at work is I'm uh, part of the Asian Professionals Network, and October is Filipino Heritage Month. So I'm hosting a Kamayan meal at a Filipino restaurant in East Village where all the food is placed on the table on a banana leaf and everybody eats with their hands and companies paying for it. So are you going to Maharlika? Um, no, that I think that place is closed. Um, uh, no, I'm going to Mama Fina's. I'm going to Mama Fina's and uh, wait, that's on the same yeah. street, isn't it? It is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Same area. Uh. So going there, eating Filipino so food, fun. and it will be fun. Yeah. And I'm going to, beforehand, I'm going to present a brief history of the Philippines, colonization, a lot of colonization, um, Filipino historic figures, Manny Pacquiao. Um, it's going to be fun. That's been what's taking up my time. Um, because... On Friday, after all of that, I can take a deep breath, and Maria and I are going to Antigua for two weeks. Ooh. Going to the Caribbean to fuck off vacation. and chill on the beach. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. So, there's, there's okay. my end. Second question, follow-up. One more question. What is the hardest you laughed this past week? Hardest I laughed? Um, Doesn't have to be a good one. Just any laugh you had this week that you remember. I think uh, <laughs> I was walking to the post office and it was Columbus Day. I didn't know it was Columbus Day. And I saw this guy pulling the post office door and he's just like, <laughs> Yo, that, that was not, that's not pulling the post office door. He's whatever. He's pulling the post office door and he's just like, gets frustrated. And I'm, wa I'm walking in the direction I'm looking at him. And he goes, Siri, what day is Columbus Day? Fuck! Today's Columbus Day. The post office is fucking closed. <laughs> and I, I, I was watching him, and I was like, "Oh man!" I walked, I walked a mile 
to get here. I walked for like 15, 20 Oh, minutes. you also were going to the post office. I was going to the post office and he was yelling and I like looked at him. And I was like, post office is closed. He's like, post office is fucking closed. Happy, happy Columbus Day. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing. It was, it's those random interactions in New York City that I absolutely love. So I was just like, I'm never going to see that guy again. But that was like the funniest I've laughed. Yo, that's so funny. That's so good. Yeah. Now you got to answer. Um, my week was good. Like Miguel said, I just signed an apartment. So we're finally moving out of Ariel's parents' place, which is great. Let's go. Yeah, that's a big event. And then the hardest I laughed was probably like last night or two nights ago. I don't know if any of you guys know like old Asian parents, especially the dads, when they like have just like a lot of phlegm uh- in the back <laughs> of the day, doing aggressive. <laughs> they don't give a shit, dude. But like it was <laughs> It was just 1 a.m. and me and Ariel were lying in bed and then we hear go (laughs) (laughs) and I was laughing (laughs) and I was laughing so hard and Ariel was like are you laughing at my dad? (laughs) Which made it even funnier. (laughs) It was so funny. I, I get that. I get that because um, I I share a wall with old old Chinese um, grandparents that have lived in this building for decades, and I will hear first thing in the morning like, <laughs> like, all right, oh, no, time to get out of bed. <laughs> time to time to start my work day. <laughs> all right. Okay, that's great. I think that's a good time to end it. Yeah, come out with. We haven't had like a. Yeah, I don't know how we're gonna end these. Maybe we just go like <laughs> bye. You want to just go like bye? Yeah. All okay, right. Bye. Well, bye. <laughs>